0: Hey, what's up? My name is Nate, and you're listening to the best podcast on the planet. It's called Life Tips. Everyday life topics with advice and tips for becoming a better you. Isn't that amazing? The reality is that nobody is perfect. There's always going to be downfall with rising, and there's something to improve upon every single day. So follow along in this episode and I'll help you take yesterday's mistakes and master them for a new tomorrow. Let's go. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard. It's great to have you. If you're a current listener or faithful listener welcome back and thanks for your continued support of the show i really appreciate it what's up world welcome back to life tips season four this is your host nate and the stakes are still high for the guest list this season So let's not waste any more time and continue to turn up the heat. At this point, we are nine guests into the season with eight more to go, including today's guest. Within the last two months, I've received requests from people who either live in or work in the State of California. It seems to me that every time I attempt to have a guest come on the show, the number one destination that I find most people are requesting to be on the show from is California. Uh, you probably you all probably remember Shin Jenny from last season. She's based in the L.A. area. I had Josiah on the show last week, who lives in the city of L.A. And now, I brought Brother William Foster from the mountainous side of California onto the show. This is going to be very unique and very interesting. And I'll tell you why in just a second. Uh, But Brother Will is committed husband, father, and also the host of the Armed Citizen podcast on Anchor, whose tagline is Upholding and Defending the Constitution. So he's here with me for the first time ever to talk politics. But first, we're going to welcome him on the show so we can talk about something else real quick so welcome will thanks for coming on board the show today man
1: thanks for having me nate how are you this afternoon
0: Ah, going good going good afternoons pretty good out here we're matching the amount of sunshine you guys are probably getting right now well we
1: definitely have maximum sunshine we've been well over the hundreds for the last few days here
0: yeah we're never we're never in the hundreds we typically stay in the 90s at most we might hit 94 but so far we haven't hit the high 90s or 100s thank goodness but that, yeah
1: thank god i mean with all that humidity it'd kill you
0: yeah it pretty much would so <laughs> without further ado we'll get into it um uh, so go ahead, Will, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Oh, all right. Well, uh, as we had talked before, uh, I'm 53 years old. I'm married. My wife and I have been together for over 20 years. Yes. We raised uh, six children. And, um, of course, they've left the house, and we're uh, empty nesters now. And as you said, I have the armed citizen podcast. Uh, mine's fairly new. Yours has been around for a while. I'm still kind of new to the, the pond of podcasts. We'll see how I, how I do swimming around out there. Uh, and, uh, I am like you, a, uh, believer in Christ. Uh, he is my Lord and savior and, uh, everything I have and have experienced certainly is due to his grace.
0: grace. Quite a remarkable story of grace. Uh, That's one thing that Will and I definitely both have in common, our strong beliefs on both the, the faith side and the political side. We'll talk about politics later. But to start off the show, we're going to talk about faith in Christ. Uh, Will's faith in God has impacted his life tremendously over these long years, starting from the day which uh, he was actually physically saved by Christ as well as spiritually. This shines through in his story. He told it to me uh, right around uh, a couple months back when we met. It was inspiring, impactful, I couldn't believe it. It was just truly a remarkable story of grace. So go ahead, man. T- tell, us, t- tell, the, tell the audience the story of what happened to you. Uh, and then along the way, I'm sure we'll have some life tips and advice that he has for those listening uh, who may or may not have a relationship with God. So take it away.
1: Okay, well, first thing I'll have to do is I'll have to admit I have had many experiences with the Lord that uh, I think uh, are noteworthy in, uh, in my mind, and I honestly uh, don't remember if it was is it when I went off the cliff with the motorcycle or uh, just my uh, experience in relationships. I, I honestly
0: the motorcycle it. Story. it was the motorcycle story okay, that great. we that we were looking at okay. here first then we'll okay, talk great. about then we'll talk about your your journey towards you know marrying your wife next okay great
1: okay so yeah the motorcycle story that that was a a very uh big awakening moment for me as far as my understanding of Christ uh while I had been Searching for, uh, my spiritual path with Christ. I, I don't think I had, uh, really matured much in that, in that path. And so one night driving home on my motorcycle about 10 o'clock at night, I had a uh, 12 pack of beer between my legs on the motorcycle and, uh, got to a very sharp turn, touched the brakes and there was gravel on the road and, and, uh, over the cliff. My motorcycle and I went about 60 feet down, and uh, in my attempt not to go over the cliff when I twisted my body, uh, grabbing onto the, the pavement as the motorcycle drugged me over the cliff, it, it caused my hip to dislocate, and um, landed at the bottom of the cliff, and uh, immediately uh, realized I was injured uh, bad, and... and crawled over to the motorcycle to turn the headlight towards the road because at that time it was pointing towards the creek and the other side of the canyon. And I was worried no one would see me. So I managed to crawl over to the motorcycle and uh, when I turned the headlight towards the road, the headlight died. So that was the end of letting anyone know I was down there. So I knew I was spending the night. And of course, in those kind of situations where you're traumatized, you uh, you get sick. And so I, I grew up and then basically just said, Lord, you know, I don't know what the plan is here, but uh, I'm just going to go to sleep. And if, if the plan is you're going to take me, okay. And if not, then we'll see what happens in the morning. And I went to sleep and woke up at first light. And uh, so from 10 o'clock at night till probably uh, five in the morning, something like that, I was passed out through the night, woke up and thought it was dislocated and uh, hard to describe visually what the condition of my body was, uh, but just imagine grabbing your left knee, bringing it over your right leg, and then have your foot pointing towards your back, pointing behind you. That was how my leg was. And, um, you know, I was determined to get out of there. And so to try and keep the story from being an hour long, uh, we'll go through the condensed version. Uh, I was determined to get out of there on my own. And why I didn't ask the Lord to help me get out of there, or if I did ask the Lord to help me get out of there, I don't remember that as the most important part of my experience down there. I just knew I was determined to get out of there. And um, whenever I would move my leg too far, it would cause such a great amount of pain that I would pass out. And when I was passed out, I would dream that there was someone standing there with me, and like they were there to help me, and I would say, I'm okay, I'm okay, just go get help, I'll be fine. So then I would wake up thinking someone was going to get me help. That dream was so real, I guess, for me, that I'd wake up and I thought that the dream was real, and I would think someone was coming to come help me. And then Then eventually I would realize, oh, that was a dream. No one's coming to help me. You are still at the bottom of the cliff. So I tried climbing up the cliff and would, of course, tweak my leg, pass out, have the same dream, have that same experience, thinking someone's coming to help me. And this went on for hours. And um, at some point I had to go pee. And uh, I couldn't get my pants off. And there was a creek there. Like I said, I landed at the bottom of uh, the side of a creek bed. It was all rock. And I imagine falling 60 feet on rocks. So uh, I crawled over to the creek, and I was wearing white pants. I was working as a nurse's aide at that time, and our uniforms were white. So I, I crawl over to the creek so that at least if I have to pee my pants, which is basically what... case was couldn't get my pants off had to pee my pants not thrilled about that and if I'm gonna have to do that uh, at least I'll be in the water where I can kind of rinse it out as it's happening and uh, you know that's what I did I worked my way over to the creek got in the water and then uh, let let it let it go Tried to go pee and uh, instantly my pants turned red just completely bright red and I knew right then and there I was in big trouble. I had internal bleeding, obviously. Uh, so that, of course, really knocked up the notch of uh, desire to get out of there. Uh, I knew my time could be limited, bleeding internally, and who knows how bad it is. So I tried more ways to get out of my uh, area, my situation. It was kind of blocked off. It was only the cliff face that I could go up. There was a a log that had fallen up towards the road. I tried to go up the log, fell off the log, tweaked my leg, passed out, had the same dream. And uh, ultimately, after hours and hours, we're we're talking, it's the afternoon now. I've been trying to get out of there since, you know, 5 in the morning, passing out, having this recurring dream. It's in the afternoon. And so I realized that what I'm going to have to do is work my way down the creek back towards the highway. And uh, so I'm going to crawl into the creek, and it was pretty hot at that point. So being in the creek was going to help cool me off. We're talking summer, where it's 105, 110 there. And uh, just before I uh, decide to go into the creek to work my way down the the uh, the creek uh, to the road, I tweak my leg again, pass out wake up with that dream and all of a sudden I just, I felt this presence of I don't know if it, if you can call it evil, but just like this negative presence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. flies were all around me. I mean, it was like a swarm of flies, which initially I thought, well, okay, I mean, that go figure, uh, you had to pee in your pants, uh, that's going to attract flies even if you were able to rinse it out somewhat you know, pee and blood but I mean they were just everywhere and I mean buzzing me and flies, I hate flies, can't stand one fly landing on me, let alone what seemed like hundreds Mm. so I was trying to get them off of me and they're just not off of me and up to that point, you know, I guess I'd been stubborn, I, I wasn't asking the Lord, you know, get me out of this or if I was asking, it wasn't, you know, wasn't something that really had an impact on me uh, for memory. But I said, "Lord, I don't know why I have to be down here. I don't know what I'm supposed to learn." And I was saying it with anger. I was angry at, at God that I was down at the bottom of this cliff. And uh, you know, I managed to keep my cool through realizing that I could be dying down there. Uh, but the flies swarming around me was all I could take. That was my breaking point. And so I said, Lord, I don't know why I'm supposed to be down here. I don't know what I'm supposed to learn. Uh, but if I have to be down here, if I have to be going through this, uh, keep the damn flies off of me, please. <laughs> and uh, almost immediately, the flies just dispersed. that was the moment where I had recognized that uh, I was accepting the position I was in rather than fighting the position I was in not seeking the Lord or or trying to understand what I was supposed to learn it was more of me fighting the elements in the situation not really relying on the Lord Uh, but at that moment I was accepting my situation and asking the Lord for His help. that while I was going to work my way through this situation my only request was keep the flies off of me, and, and they went away. It was, it was an enlightening moment for me. I, uh, I realized that I wasn't asking God for help in my life in general. Uh, I was always relying on myself. And it wasn't much long after that I got into the creek. I hadn't made it ten yards down the creek. When I heard the bushes rustling and, and things moving up on the opposite hillside, and I thought, oh no, that could be a mountain lion or a bear looking for food. And here I am, crippled down at the bottom of this cliff, ready to be eaten. Uh, but I thought it could also maybe there's somebody up there I should call for help. And so I went through that debate and decided that calling for help was the way to go. And I yell. Uh, and way up on the top of that uh, mountainside, I hear, Where are you? And. Um, of course, I got excited, was waving my hands down here at the bottom of the creek. And he came down. He was a young man, and it just so happened that he was up there training. He was a uh, a uh, EMT search and rescue person who was training and was trying to get used to deal with difficult terrain. He gets down to me, and he said, I'm going to try and do the fireman's carry to get you out of here. And I'm like, okay, great, you know, happy to see you. And he starts to pick me up It starts to tweak my leg. I can, you know, I could have passed out again. And I, I say, stop, 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 stop. Uh, I'm okay, you found me, just go get help. So he says, okay, and he takes off. And, and now I'm working my way out of the creek so that I'm not in the creek. And uh, I make it to shore, tweak my leg, pass out. And when I wake up, I'm not sure that I have help coming because I've been having that dream all day and uh, so eventually uh, in that moment of doubt for me that uh, help was on the way or it had arrived and uh, I was saved and of course that big spiritual moment for me that I, I carry with me today is just remembering that God's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's us who separate ourselves from him, uh, by not just being conscious of him all the time and asking for him to be in our lives all the time and to help us and guide us. And, and that was the experience i I got uh, that really, really grew me spiritually, uh, as far as relying on God and, um, Having faith that uh, He's there and that we're we're learning daily in our struggles. So that's that's the part of that story. You want me just to go right into the relationships thing, or or or
0: what do you what do you want? Well, y'all, I think it's time for a commercial break so y'all can ponder okay. on that story. Um, uh, but, uh, before we take that commercial break, uh, if you don't mind, um, uh, what would you say the life tip from that story would be, or the advice from that story would be from, you know, as far as the, the teaching moment, the lesson that I guess you could pass on to somebody that, uh, may have either had the same experience of, you know, disbelieving God until a monumental moment happened, or... Uh, somebody who may, uh, who may claim they have a relationship with God, but haven't really tapped into Him much. What would you What would you say to that person right now?
1: Well, no matter what you're experiencing, what you're going through, um, you know, like I said before, He, he is there twenty four seven for you. And, and when you don't allow yourself to tap into that, you're denying yourself the gifts that the Lord has for you, whether they be spiritual, uh, love, uh, money, whatever. Uh, those those gifts are there. The faucet's on. Uh, the Lord blesses people that don't have faith in him. Uh, he blesses us all. And if you don't put yourself under that spigot of, uh, that he's pouring out of his gifts, then you're really denying yourself that and regardless of your level of faith, if you just talk to him, uh, ask him, dialogue with him, he will answer you and the answer is not always what you want, you know, sometimes the answer is no and accepting that no is tough. Uh, But if you can't accept it, and that's my big spiritual learning down there, was accepting the position I was in, not fighting it, but accepting it, even though I didn't understand what I was supposed to learn. Because that's what I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to learn down here. I mean, what could you possibly learn at the bottom of a cliff? And lo and behold, certainly I did have something to learn. What I had to learn was letting go and letting God and accepting the circumstances and the moment you accept those circumstances his grace his love is is going to abound on you and and you will be blessed in a way that you will you wouldn't expect or wouldn't understand and for me that blessing was just you know accepting whatever it is that happens in my life even
0: There's so much more to come in this episode. That was just part one. Part two is coming up next. Bear with me for this brief commercial break, and then we'll come back for more with Will. Want to get smooth jazz like this into your podcast? YouTube has the answer. No, they're not sponsoring this, but this information is publicly available to anyone. All you have to do is head up www.youtube.com And search for non-copyright smooth jazz with sax. Because let's be honest, nobody has time to deal with copyright lawsuits out here. So, remember, that's www.youtube.com and search. Now, let's ride this out for a bit, and then we'll return for more with Nate and his guests. We are back, and Will is still here with us. There's still a lot more to come. Uh, I think you mentioned in part one about uh, that there was a there was a love story and there's a cliff story. He so shared the cliff story in part one and how he sur- survived that. Uh, he did get he did get the help that that he he needed, I believe, if I remember you told me, you were airlifted up and taken to a hospital?
1: Well, no, I wasn't airlifted, but they did have to rappel down the cliff, put me in a basket, and uh, rappel me and themselves back up the cliff, which I can tell you is a very scary feeling because you're laying in a basket, and and they are... uh, Basically, it seemed like they're laying down walking up the cliff with you. I, I was sure that they were going to fall, and I was going to flip out of that basket right back down onto the cliff rocks. Uh, but, yeah, they had to repel me. The only way they could get me out was that they came down with a basket and repelled up the cliff to get me out of there. And then, of course, I went to the hospital immediately. I had a dislocated hip, ruptured kidneys, ruptured intestines, and uh, I, yeah, I was in pretty bad shape.
0: But he recovered. He's yes. he's here, uh, and that leads into the next phase of his story, which is the love story. Uh, so you've been you, you've been married for twenty plus years. I've, I've known that because Will and I have been you know in contact prior, and uh, of course, dating and relationships are a huge topic of discussion here on the show. Um, so now that you've told us the incredible story of how God saved your life. It's time to hear the next story, y'all. This story is incredible. It's the story of how he met his wife. So, um, yeah. So let, let's pick it back up from where we left off. So at this point, you know, Will was picked up, taken to the hospital, had all those problems that he had to get surgically corrected. They got they got him into surgery he came out he went through the recovery phase and then is that's where we i guess we pick up on the love story or maybe a couple of years after that point well it will tell you how long that it, it went but yeah now we can talk about the love story so um yeah tell us how you met your wife uh oh, okay you know, but well, but, well, but that's kind of a but go from but go from a long story Say it again? It's okay. It's okay. Go, from, go from your healing and recovery process into how you met your wife.
1: Okay, yeah. So, the uh, again, the condensed version will just go with, uh, you know, a lifelong process of searching for love, uh, but, again, searching for it in the wrong way um, and not relying on the Lord. Um, you know, so I was when I did the, the when I went off the cliff, I was actually, I'm not even sure I was 21 yet. I think I was under the age of 20. Um, I was, maybe I was 20. And so the time from then to the time that I met my wife uh, was, what, uh, 18 years. And in those 18 years, I, I feel like I was probably just a typical person, and especially the typical male, um, you know, m- looking for love, but really allowing my uh, physical body control that search, uh, you know, looking uh, for a beautiful woman, uh, not, not asking the Lord to bring me someone, but again, relying on myself. And of course that led to multiple relationships. I tried lots of different, went through lots of relationships, and even had uh, two wives prior to the wife that I have now. Um, And the first wife I had uh, was not a very good relationship. And again, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't relying on the Lord uh, for my my search and so because of that you know I was I was not in the right right place because I was doing it on my own you know if you insist on doing it on your own I don't think you're gonna expect a good outcome uh, unless of course the Lord is just blessing you with so much grace that uh, he saves you from yourself that way right uh, so anyway after going through like I said several relationships and then marrying my first wife simply because I got her pregnant um and then uh, of course that didn't work out Um and then my second wife now we actually uh my pursuit on that was again i was looking for the beautiful woman it was all about the looks at that point still and uh um, she was married uh and when we met we were going out for lunch and we were you know Kind of, I guess you could say, quasi dating, and I said, you know, I can't. Uh, while my my walk with the Lord was, you know, boy, pretty loose, you might say, uh, and while I never stopped believing in the Lord, never, never stopped uh, asking Him to save me, because I, I asked Him all the time. You know, I could put myself in these situations. And then, of course, when the situation gets ugly, I'm like, oh, Lord, save me, you know. And uh, inevitably he would, uh, again, his grace. But uh, so I was uh, with this woman, kind of dating her, and uh, she was married. And I said, look, I we can't, you know, I can't do this. Uh, if your relationship doesn't work out, um, then then get a hold of me, and then, you know, we could see what goes on from there. Well, immediately she told her husband she wanted a divorce, she got a divorce, and uh, of course that that threw the green flag for me. Okay, it's okay uh, to go forward with this woman and uh, jumped right in. Wound up having two children with her, uh, married for five years, and uh, really did kind of like the American dream. Started off uh, with nothing, uh, got a business going, was making good money. She was working and making, we bought our first house. Uh, but you know, it, it was not a relationship based on the Lord. And so, because of that, it didn't work out. We divorced. And so, we fast forward. Now I'm back to dating and, uh, I'm asking the Lord for stupid things. <laughs> and this is, this is the thing, uh, um, that God really his grace is so awesome because now I hope I won't offend anyone I'm just gonna be flat-out honest with you it's the only way to be and so the things I was asking for was uh, you know my my second wife she was uh, you know everyone she was beautiful but you know on the inside she was ugly and you know hopefully my son and daughter won't watch this and be offended that I'm saying how their mother was ugly on the inside, but that's my experience. So there it is: um, beautiful on the outside, ugly on the inside. That didn't work out. But she, physically, although beautiful, uh, didn't have. And here we go. I, I mean, I mean, I'm embarrassed to have to admit it, but this—I want to be honest. She didn't have large breasts. I wanted a woman with large breasts, right? So I'm like, all right, God, bring me a woman with. Beautiful breasts. Now, to you Christians out there, you might be thinking, "This guy—I mean, what is, what is he thinking?" And I don't blame you one bit. But you know, I honestly felt like it was okay to ask God for whatever I wanted, and so I would—you know—bring me a woman with beautiful breasts. And and he answered those prayers. I mean, as crazy as it sounds, it's true. I meet a woman with. Uh, again, forgive me for saying this. Please don't let this be a stumbling block for you. Uh, she had the most beautiful breasts I've ever seen on a woman ever. Uh, and so I was, you know, I was happy the Lord answered my prayer. I'm in this relationship with this woman who has these beautiful breasts that I want. And uh, so the physical aspect of it was perfect for me. But again, the most important part was, Obviously, the the emotional, and that wasn't there. Um, You know, conflict, unhappy, and um, and of course, it didn't work out. So um, then, I uh, was like, okay, uh, now I want to have a woman who is uh, I don't care what she looks like, Lord. Uh, there had been some time between the relationships, and of course my body is, is uh, you know, the sinful nature of our flesh is dragging me towards wanting to be another, with another woman. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't care what she looks like, I just, you know, I need a, I need another woman, help me out here. And so I meet another woman, she's not beautiful, in fact, I mean, you could say that she hit the every limb on the ugly tree uh, when she fell out of it. Um, and a relationship that didn't last long. And that was all based on physical, uh, just satisfying my sinful flesh. That's what that was about. And so, you know, finally, after going through all these experiences, just asking the Lord for these things that I shouldn't be asking for, but I am, and he's answering those prayers, which, you know, boggles my mind that the Lord has so much grace and so much love for us that He'll give us what we need, even if it has to do with us asking for what we shouldn't be asking for. He'll give it to you, I think, uh, to let you experience, you know, that you cannot possibly know what you need. You think you know, but you don't. If you'll just rely on the Lord to get you there, you'll get what you need. And beyond your wildest dream. so i'm finally at a point where i'm like all right lord i don't know what i'm doing obviously mm. i want you to help me i just want to be with a woman who will love me who is kind-hearted that um, you know is perfect for me and uh will will allow me to have that biblical relationship where um I know that it's not politically correct these days, but that biblical relationship where, you know, the man is running the show, uh, so to speak, uh, but that um, we're still in that godly concept that while I might be running the show, I'm also uh, respecting my wife and being a good husband to her and being the faithful... Uh, husband and uh, you know following God the way I'm supposed to and being the example. And you know, sure enough, I meet this woman, my wife now, Carolyn. And the way I met her was she saw me looking at her one day when I was I was just driving through the neighborhood, if you can call it a neighborhood. I'm out in the middle of the mountains, so I'm on a back roads, w- woodsy area, right? So she's in this this yard with her baby on her hip, two other kids, and uh, I look over, and uh, i just looking. I wasn't looking for anything other than I was just, because she was there. And I drive by, I look, and so I get to the, the store in town. She comes in. She comes into the store. She's got this baby on her hip, and all she can say is, I saw you. I saw you looking. I saw you looking, and I'm like, what is she talking about? Who is this crazy woman, you know? I saw you looking, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know. And my first thought was, "Ah, I'm not interested in, oh, got a brand-new baby. I've been through the diaper duty. I'm done with diaper duty. Not interested, right? And that was actually kind of in between that time before I really asked God for someone who would really be the perfect match for me. That actually kind of happened before that moment, Uh, But that was actually the first time I was, you know, uh, aware of her, but not interested because I was still pursuing the the flesh. It was actually a year later that I asked her out. And after I said, you know, Lord, please, I'm done doing it my way. I'm ready to do it your way. And she was the one that came to mind. It was like the Lord was like, okay, well, this is what you really want this is really what you need and of course my first thought was oh god she got a baby oh and kids oh man that's a lot of baggage to take on uh, but I kind of did the okay and I went and asked her out she was working at the bar at that time and I asked her out we went on a date I spent six hours telling her how terrible I was uh, <laughs> yeah. all of my bad habits Um, all of the things I hate about myself and I basically just said look you know I mean you have to accept me for who I am I've done the relationship thing where you know you've got your your perfect face on she has her perfect face on and then you don't really discover who each other is until six years down the road and you're like god I hate this person (laughs) you know and of course they hate you Um, so I really went into it with okay open honesty, don't care what she looks like, don't care about the kids, although I do a little bit, And um, uh, but this is who I am, and you can't get into the relationship uh, expecting to change me. Oh, and by the way, I want to live with the biblical relationship where I'm in charge. You're, you're letting me control our future. And so, basically, she agrees to this. She... Also, uh, manages to stick around. So after six hours of telling her, hey, this is who I am, if I'm going to change, I'm going to change, and you complaining at me won't make me change. Uh, so you have to accept me as I am without trying to change me. So we're good to go. So here we are 20 years later. Now, we had our ups and downs, but she really has been, uh, after 20 years, the best partner I ever could have had, if only I had asked the Lord to introduce me to her when we were both single, uh, hadn't had kids, you know, then we might have been able to have that perfect home where we have kids together, not a broken family caught and brought together. Um, But, you know, that's not where my head was. I, I had to take that journey to get to the point, you know, the Lord let me take that journey to get to the point to appreciate not only Him, but His plan, His, you know, his uh, perfect person for me because I wasn't in the right space. Had I met her 20 years prior or 30 years prior I would have been too self-centered, too selfish uh, and not God-centered to have it work. Uh, That was the journey I had to take to meet her and and I'm so grateful. She really is absolutely the best wife on the planet. Sorry everyone, sorry all you guys out there. She's gone uh, but maybe the Lord has made another perfect one for you, too. And, in fact, I'm sure he has. Uh, I just, you know, I'm having fun with you saying that I, I've i got the last perfect woman on the planet just to kind of highlight the fact that she really is just the center of my life. No matter how well God has blessed us financially, physically, physically, um, it really goes back to the fact that I am so grateful that, uh, she's my wife. I had no idea at the time what a perfect wife she would be for me. Uh, but God obviously knew. And I'm, I'm glad I listened to him. I'm glad I let him guide me the right way because it's 20 years later. I love her more now than when I met her. And I really am very lucky to be with her. And she would tell you she's lucky too. Um, uh, to be with me, but, you know, lucky for me, I guess the Lord has put some blinders on her and she doesn't see all my faults.
0: (laughs) So, uh, got any life tips or advice out of that story, especially for the fellas, since you name-dropped us?
1: I'll tell you, absolutely, the worst mistake you could make is focusing on the flesh, you know if you if you're being driven uh based on looks uh, you are missing out on probably the best person for your life and and i can tell you that the one thing people tell us over and over again is that it doesn't matter what's on the outside it's what matters on the inside and even though you might accept that And believe it, you still don't believe it enough to allow yourself to get to know someone who doesn't match that physical uh, thing that you're attracted to. Uh, The the second uh, thing I'm saying, but really the most important thing, really should be the first thing you think about, is that you should be asking the Lord um, to guide you, to introduce you to the perfect person for you. Uh, Because he knows who that perfect person is. I guarantee it. Uh, You could go through a thousand women like Solomon and you'll never find that perfect mate until you let the Lord bring her to you. Um, And if you're letting uh, your flesh guide you, then you're not letting the Lord guide you. So first put your trust in the Lord. Ask the Lord to introduce you that perfect person and and if someone somehow is brought to you and you don't pursue that in curiosity if that person is for you simply because she doesn't match that what you in your mind think is the right person for you well you you potentially may miss out because that physical aspect now i'm not saying that your wife can't be the most beautiful model on the planet and the perfect mate for you. That's totally possible. Um, I'm just saying, if you're not 100% allowing the Lord to guide you in that path, and you're not keeping an open mind, you will miss out on that perfect person. Uh, And you really, you won't appreciate that until, Like me, my experience, I was with a beautiful woman, or women, and I can tell you, it only takes about four or five years of that having let your flesh guide you, that your flesh will be like, eh, what else is out there? Because you get used to it. The, The beauty doesn't have to fade for your interest to fade. It's... What guided you was your physical flesh, and then that, you get used to it. It's no longer exciting to you. It's no longer um, what you desire because you've had it, you're used to it. It's, oh. it's not new. And that is where you will fail. Uh, when you truly get that spiritual connection with someone, um, then the physical part won't matter at all. At all. It won't matter. And uh, believe me, 20 years down the road, it's that spiritual connection that you have that's going to allow that physical part of your relationship to continue to to flourish. Uh, and that is someone speaking with 20-plus years of marriage experience. And, and I can say it to you, and you could believe it, uh, but that doesn't mean you'll be able to uh, truly accept it. But I think if you let the Lord guide you spiritually, you'll make the right choice, and then you'll you'll be on the right path.
0: Wow, 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 wow! That. whew alright you All right, y'all. are gonna take another. I am
1: definitely the spokesperson for the Lord's grace because yes. I'll tell you. Oh yes. Uh, I can't imagine too many other people having as much grace as I've had, and I'm just glad and grateful that the Lord has allowed me to recognize uh, how much grace He has put on me. And that has allowed me to not lose sight of what matters in my life. Mm, Uh, mm, You know, mm -hmm. the cares of the world can steal your relationship with Christ away from you. Right. and so all the things that he's blessed me with uh, have not allowed me to lose sight of what matters, and uh, that is really where God's grace abounds for me. Is that uh, he's still protecting me uh, from the world and those things that uh, you know I've been blessed with, but I recognize they are not—they're not what truly matters. If he takes all of those things away from me. I feel like I'll still be grateful for the life that he's given me and, and looking forward to what new path he has for me because it will be for my good, ultimately. And I believe that.
0: Man. <laughs> Yo. All right, commercial break time. We'll come back. Need a speaker for your next event? One who resonates with and understands people? and will provide a balanced perspective for any audience, you need to call Nate. You can reach him at underscore oratornate on Instagram, the wise orator on Facebook, or his website at www.natejones2016.wixsite.com backslash Jones. Now, let's go finish up that episode, shall we? So now we're going to take a little drift into the political world and shift some things up a bit. I normally don't talk about this on the show, but I did say in an earlier season, probably season two or season three, that I'd be breaking that rule moving forward, so what better way to bridge that gap? than to bring on somebody who's very sound in his political beliefs just as much as he is in his faith. Now, we are going to talk about his podcast, but I just want to mention a few things at the moment uh, that have been happening recently uh, before we actually go into talking about uh, Will's show so just bear with bear with us for a little bit of uh, live live news coverage as I'm getting ready to uh, to call it never done this before and, but I think that it'll be beneficial for uh, for the listeners and for everybody out there who uh, probably have not been able to. Watch the news in recent uh, days weeks etc etc so the first bit I'm going to uh, start off talking about is this um, I gotta first tell you about my own uh, viewpoint since the listeners really don't know this uh, but I am a Christian Christian conservative, and uh, what that means is that my conservative nature is more so on the uh, the the side of Christianity. It comes from being exposed to Liberty University. As we all know, Liberty University is the largest Christian school in America, and it was there that a good friend of mine named James Black, who is the face of Liberty University right now taught me how to blend my faith in Christ and the Bible with political beliefs. And honestly, it made so much sense to go with a conservative viewpoint at that point. Uh, unfortunately, over the years, <clears throat> we've had to deal with uh, we've had to deal with some insensitive and borderline racist comments on Twitter from our president. Uh, yes, I'm talking about you, Falwell. But, um, yeah, Liberty University has had some issues in the last couple of weeks with the president making tweets that went viral, causing a mass spike in relocations, transfers, and quote, I no longer associate myself with type statements from multiple African Americans who have been affiliated with Liberty University. Uh, My heart goes out to my school. Please heal from the wounds brought on by our school's president so that we can move forward. Uh, but back to my story. After connecting with James, I quickly discovered Candace Owens in Turning Point USA and expanded my knowledge on what it meant to be a conservative versus being liberal, Democrat, or Republican. But let's be clear about something. I 100% stand against abortion and am 100% pro-life. But being a Christian conservative means that Christ comes first. And if anything political goes against the Bible or him, then supporting it is out of the question. And uh, so in recent months, with everything that's been going on in the world, because Will and I met, I want to say back in April, April, May-ish of this year. So it's been a couple months and things have obviously happened in the world uh, and I love Candace, but the way she handled George Floyd's passing was totally wrong. Uh, Tommy Lauren needs to chill as well with some of her tweets. And now we have Kanye running around trying to become president, (laughs) but he's demonstrated through his campaigns that he simply does not know what he's doing. As of the recording of this video with Will, it's the 21st of July, this past weekend is when Kanye had his first rally, and it was horrible. And it's you know hence the mental health conversation coming back up. What else has happened since Will and I met in like April ish? Well, pre- <laughs> he's shaking his head. But President Trump, President Trump, and Twitter have gone at it in like multiple times, like never before. Just yesterday, I looked at an article that says the social media giant disabled a video retweeted by the president for copyright concerns. Add that to the varying long list of new headlines from this spring and over the summertime, including the issue from a couple months back over his account being moderated and fact-checked. Twitter was recently hacked in a Bitcoin scam, but hey. Um... I'd like to read you all just a brief series of tweets that our president has been putting out recently. Listen to what he listened to what he said speaking on the situation in uh, in Portland, Oregon. I screenshotted some of it right here. He said this. Let me just make sure I got this in order. Uh, Yes, I believe I have this in order now. So, he said this, quote, and this again is coming from Sunday, July 19th. We are trying to help Portland not hurt it Their leadership has, for months, lost control of the anarchists and agitators. They're missing action. We must protect federal property and our people. These were not merely protesters. These are the real deal. The radical left Democrats. This is another tweet that he put out. The radical left Democrats who totally control Biden will destroy our country as we know it. Unimaginably bad things would happen to America. Look at Portland, where the polls are just fine with... 50 days of anarchy. We sent in help. Look at New York, Chicago, Philadelphia. No. Make America great again was another tweet. And then he said this. So we catch Obama and Biden, not to even mention the rest of their crew, spying on my campaign and nothing happens. I hope not. If it were the other way around, 50 years for treason, never forget. And just recently, seriously, just recently, As of six, seven hours ago, he tweeted this. You will never hear this on the fake news concerning the China virus, but by comparison to other countries who are suffering greatly, we are doing very well and we have done things that few other countries could have done. In my view, General Flynn should never have been prosecuted in the first place. Then he tweeted, strong stock market numbers. You want to see them dive. Vote for the radical left with their big tax hikes. And then the last tweet is about mail-in voting. He says mail-in voting, unless changed by the courts, will lay, will lead to the most corrupt election in our nation's history. Hashtag rigged election. Furthermore, <laughs> the race to the White House between Joe Biden and the current U.S. president Donald Trump is getting tighter. Let's be real. Let's be real here. Kanye doesn't have a chance. Russia will most certainly come up again in conversation soon via debates, which are set to begin usually around September 29th and run until October 22nd. As of the air date of this episode of the podcast, it's Monday, August 24th. We are one month away from presidential debates. But of course, the coronavirus came this year, gripped the nation, took the world by storm. And uh, so whether he wins and Trump loses or the reverse is yet to be seen, Buckle up America, because if you thought 2016 was bad, it's going to be even worse, and uh, Will is over here shaking his head, but um, I brought all this up because, obviously, this podcast episode features Will's podcast, The Armed Citizen, protecting and upholding the Constitution, so... With Will being heavily invested in politics, I wanted to take that part of his interest and put that in the show to kind of create an episode around uh, our different but similar viewpoints. And so now we're going to actually hear from him. So starting off, do you have... I'm sure you have something to say to add in addition to what I uh, shared in that uh, news segment... Between, you know, Kanye, the president, and you know, the George Floyd situation. And then um tell us where your passion for politics came from, where you see things moving forward, especially as the election and the debates get closer and closer and closer.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because it it almost uh, really you could say uh goes back to my spiritual walk with the Lord because um The truth is, uh, you know, I was like everyone else. My political view was based on what I was watching on TV. So we kind of have to go back to like 1992 when my eyes were open, uh, or open, that I was, I was, uh, uh, awakened, and I'll just keep it brief. Uh, I had a community access cable show called The Armed Citizen in '92. And, um, So that's where the the name for my podcast comes from. It's from that show in 92. The only reason I had my eyes opened was I knew someone who had a cable show. um, And he says, oh, you're into guns. And I was definitely into guns. Uh, Had been since I was 12. And, uh, you know, when you grow up in the mountains, you tend to have a gun. You learn to shoot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so mm-hmm. that was my experience and did well in the Army with it so on and so forth. But I wasn't a gun expert. Uh, you know, the Army said I was a gun expert, I guess. But, I mean, in truth, I was good at shooting a gun, but I didn't know all the various kinds of, you know, guns there were. Right. Uh, but so he had me come on his show and... My the, the label of the episode was Gun Enthusiast and Rights Activist. And I was like, what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I support the Constitution and my right to bear arms, but I don't know. I'm not an activist. So then I went into hyper mode. I'm not going on this show without knowing something about it, right? So I spent, you know, a month diving into uh, our Constitution, the right to bear arms. I mean, I just absorbed everything I could. And, you know, my eyes were opened uh, to what was happening. Uh, the whole New World Order thing, uh, just uh, all these things that really had me thinking, this couldn't possibly be real. Uh, this is conspiracy theory, nutcase stuff, And uh, I don't want to be a conspiracy theory nutcase guy. That's not what I want to be. But, you know, you kind of have to accept the truth when you're faced with it. There's not much you can do to get around it. Um, That brings us up to today where uh, I wasn't actively pursuing uh, activism and our Constitution. I was kind of watching it from afar. Uh, watching it unfold I knew what the future was going to bring I think the Lord enlightened me to that and uh, so now we fast forward to today and it, it has come to a head everything that I thought was going to happen uh, based on what my eyes were open to is now coming to fruition Um uh, and like you were talking into into your introduction monologue kinda of thing there um, you know, when you're, when you're touching on everything that's happening in our world today, it's like, man, it's just, I mean, that's a, that's a year-long's worth of episodes right there in itself. Uh, but speaking specifically to, like, what you were saying with Kanye West, I mean, I don't know, part of me, I have multiple thoughts about that. One, um, I love the fact that he supported the, the president, But I also kind of felt like Trump was using that as a photo op opportunity, too. You know, like, look how much I'm in touch with the black people of our country. Because, see, Kanye West likes me. Uh, But then, you know, Kanye West was saying stuff that was kind of out there. I'm like, man, I mean, if I'm going to support me, I'd want someone who was, you know, really articulate.
0: Right. And Uh, And remember, Candace Owens is his best friend.
1: Yeah, so um, you know, just it's it's such a conflicting thing to deal with because uh, you know, really, the best way I can I can relate to with what's happening in Trump uh, because, to be honest, the only reason I voted for Trump was he was the lesser of two evils. Period. Hillary. <laughs> Hillary, like, oh my God, we can't have her, so I guess I'm voting for this guy, and, uh, you know, I can't believe, because uh, I, you know, had you asked me prior, I would have said, hell no, am I, oh, when would I vote for him? Uh, You know, but that's because we're human beings, we're judgmental, no matter how hard we try uh, to not let our flesh guide us in this world, it's a constant battle, right? Mm-hmm. And so and so, yeah, I was judging him, um, based on things I had, he had said, things that uh, he had done. Uh, but uh, Cyrus, uh, he was a leader in uh, that you can refer to in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Who I think Trump is like the perfect Cyrus. He's someone you never would think of that would be. Uh, someone God would use, Uh, but he is. I mean, Trump, and I know this is going to offend a lot of people, I'm sure, but uh, Trump, although he was the lesser of two evils, he has become the first president in my lifetime who has actually done everything he said he would do And uh, actually is, you know, supporting our Constitution for the most part. There's some things there that I think kind of slide off the edge of that, too. But certainly more than any other president in my lifetime
0: has Mm -hmm, done. mm -hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, so it's really just this mixed bag. It's all upside down. It's, It's so hard to fathom and to to put together, um, you know, it's just mind-boggling. It blows, every day is a new day of mind-boggling news Mm -hmm. and changes in our world that just have me going, man, Lord, I don't know what you got planned here other than what you told us is going to happen. But, wow, my mind is blown. Uh, You know, and now with Kanye West, uh, you know, like you were saying, some of the things he's saying... The only, you know, I'm trying to not let my, my perspective and my flesh guide me because I, the one thing I have learned is God works in mysterious ways and the more we try to put sense to it, the more we are screwing it up. Um, so I just kind of go, all right, well, um, uh, if nothing else, Kanye West running might pull some of those radical left. Over to him and away from Biden, and then that'll bring about a positive result. Uh, You know, Kanye has uh, said that he believes in the Lord, and he's on his path. And so, regardless of what it looks like to us, whatever crazy thing he might say or whatever perfect thing he might say, I just kind of go, I'm along for the ride. I'm just watching. I have made up my mind on how I'm going to vote. And, you know, my walk with the Lord really, I think, dictates that because I too am against abortion. Mm -hmm. But I'm also a strong supporter of the Constitution
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, because I believe that that is the best form of government that we've ever had on this planet in our Mm. existence. And it was because it was based on Christian values. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, I mean, Let's talk about the the elephant in the room, uh, which is racism uh, that does exist in this country, but I don't see it as being systemic. Uh, I think our Constitution is what brought that to the light of day that it was wrong. You know, the Constitution said all men are created equal.
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Slavery was abound. And of course it was abounded throughout the whole world. You know, it's not like it was unique to the United States. It's not like we invented it. That's not, that didn't happen. But our system of government and our constitution is what allowed that to be changed because they recognized that, wait a minute, how can we say all men are created equal while we are treating these people unequally? And so it is the Constitution that brought about the change that, you know, I mean, let's face it, uh, black men were voting before white women. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and, And again, that brought about that change. So, you know, racism exists because human beings are on the planet and human beings are messed up. And the only thing that brings them into any kind of rational thinking is the Lord. Um, And so, you know, God's in charge. He's large. He's got it all in his hand. And while everything around us just is upside down and crazy, and I don't know what the future holds for this country, I mean, I think if Trump doesn't get reelected, we are on the fast track to a satanic world. Uh, and if he does get elected, it will slow down that fast track to a satanic world, but, I mean, either way, the outcome is the same. The new world is on its way, and the only thing that is going to save us is when the Lord comes back, uh, because it all has to happen, and we know that because the Bible told us. I mean, Jesus told us, john told us in revelation it has to happen but we uh, have the unique privilege of watching it happen it you know the the lord said we wouldn't know the exact day or time but we would know the season mm-hmm. and i mean if this isn't the season i don't know when it is uh because Here's some things, I don't know if you, we haven't talked about this specifically, but I got to throw this out there. Sure, Uh, sure. Is the, Jesus referred to the fig tree uh, Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: he was talking about when these things would come about to his disciples. And uh, the Jerusalem, the the Israel, the nation of Israel is often linked to the fig tree. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... Israel is the only, is you know, the, the Hebrew Israel nation is the only nation to have been yanked out of their country and still maintain their identity.
0: Mm. In all of
1: history. no one has ever had their uh, civilization totally decimated and still maintain their identity. Only the Jewish people have done that. And so, in 1948, when when they were given back their country, Israel, which was prophesied, when that happened in 1948, that is that generation, that 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 time, that thing that that uh, Jesus referred to, that this generation shall not pass till these things come about. That's the moment, 1948. Uh, Israel became a nation again. After, what, 2,000 years, they became a nation again. And, uh, and in 1967, when uh, that three-day war and they took back uh, Jerusalem, um, that, that, you know, there's the clock. I was born in 1967. And so this generation shall not pass. So that tells me it's happening in my lifetime. It's happening in your lifetime. We're going to see that. Now, if the good Lord takes us off this planet before that happens, which when I was young, I used to be like, and I mean young, 10 years old, because I was talking to the Lord then, you know. Uh, granted, my whole life was doing it wrong, but I still, you know, the Lord called me, you know. Uh, I was just, you know. He was calling me, I was following, but still doing it my own way, all wrong. Uh, You know, who knows why God does what he does. But uh, anyway, uh, point being, uh, I was asking the Lord, oh, I want to be there, Lord. Oh, I'm excited. I want to see that. And now that I'm 53 years old, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to be around for that. I don't want to see that. I don't know what I was talking about lord do not make me have to live through that tribulation i didn't know what i was talking about uh i don't know he may require me to go through that tribulation he may have already answered that prayer and i'm stuck with it um but that's because he has a plan he knew all along uh, but i'll tell you i'm i'm worried about what's going to happen to our country mm. um with what's happening. I mean, it's it, because again, I guess selfishly, I know we're going to suffer. Um, and we're already suffering. Uh, the, the fact that they have us so divided,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: they have so many people convinced that, uh, every white person on the planet hates a black person and, and that, um, and that, uh, that black people have no opportunity in, in our country. And that's not true. I mean, you could point to so many black people in our country who have been successful, uh, right in, you know, from the president to Oprah Winfrey. Uh, the proof is there. Uh, not every white person hates a black person. Now, Maybe a white person may not know how to interact with a black person because they never did it, and so they're nervous that they might say the wrong thing, or uh, you know simply because not not because they're racist, but because of and here's here's my thing there's a difference between between being a racist and being prejudiced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If I see a white guy with his pants hanging off his butt and his underwear exposed. And, uh, you know, I immediately prejudice. I'm like, oh, there's a guy that's not following the Lord. There's a guy that's, you know, probably a gangster or something. And uh, that's not about him being white and me being a racist. Uh, That's about my prejudice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's wrong, too. You know, I'm not saying that's right. You know, all prejudice, all judgmental thought is wrong. You know, we have to allow ourselves to accept that you don't know anything about that person or God's plan for that person. Uh, but in our political spectrum today, they're trying to divide us, and it's working. It is working. Uh, yes, of course, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's not even, I mean, that's common sense. And uh, the the problem is is that they're using it to divide us. Mm-hmm. And to say it's systemic. Here are some examples of what I believe are proof that it's not systemic. Okay. Uh, They they say that the population of the United States is anywhere from 12 to 13 percent African American. Mm hmm. Uh, 12 to 13 percent. But if you look in the cities uh, where all of the rioting and the. Mm -hmm. The escalation of these
0: protests are happening Mm -hmm. uh, where Mm -hmm. the the, the police
1: are are over 50 percent minority. Mm -hmm. The police Mm -hmm. are over 50 percent minority. The mayors are minorities. The chief of police, a minority. And in some cases, the governor, a minority. Right. So if if. If African-Americans only make up 12% of the population, but they make up of over half of the law enforcement and are the leaders of the government, how could that be systemic in the system? Unless you're saying that blacks are also racists against their own race, right? Which is absurd, that's not the issue the problem is they have a prejudice there is a problem with the perception that uh, you know blacks are responsible for most of the crime and so then that is why they're focusing on blacks or hispanics um, and so that's you know that's the real problem there does need to be police reform they mm. have gone away from the constitution the, the law enforcement is violating our constitutional rights every single day. But it's not just because you're a black person. It's because they're violating the Constitution. And it's affecting us all. And I, it is disproportionately the black community or the uh, low-income communities because that's where all of the crime is happening, that's where their focus is, that's why they're going in, and that's what's, that's the problem. And so, you know, like with the, the body cams, the body cams were supposed to try to help alleviate that, right? hmm But the problem is, they're turning their body cams off. Well, how, how is that gonna work if they can turn their body cam off, right? If, if you wanna really have change, if they're gonna be accountable for their actions, then the first thing you have to do is say, all right, if your body cam gets turned off during an interaction with the public, you're immediately suspended without pay for a week. If it happens again, you're immediately suspended for two weeks. A third time, a month. A fourth time, you're fired. There has to be consequences. If, if the only way we can really protect our citizens is for it to be on camera, which, let's face it, that is the only way, Right? Um, then you have to make that camera mandatory and there has to be uh, a real consequence for turning that camera off. And if the officer violates our rights, regardless of the officer's color, regardless of the victim's color, when they violate our rights, they must be held accountable. They must lose their jobs. They shouldn't be put on administrative leave with pay. Who else gets that? Who else can do something wrong at their job and then go home, be put on vacation and get paid? That I mean, where is the common sense? You know? So yeah, I mean that's the real reform that has to happen, but you know, I don't hold much hope for that happening. I just you know, I don't see that happening and and uh, gosh, you know, we could go on for hours discussing, you know, which is why I was shaking my head that things you were bringing up. I'm like, my God, this is, you know, how could we possibly even really go in deep on any of that uh, without spending hours doing it? Uh, mm-hmm. But so there's kind of what I have to touch on. Uh, I think, you know, as far as the Kanye West, the Black Lives Matter movement, because that is what's. Uh, forefront today Uh, but the reality is is it's it's a problem for us all and it's because the system is screwed up and you know God help us if um, we have an all liberal democratic government because that will be the end of our country uh, you know that God created and certainly you know Christians will be
0: next listen to the birds They're tweeting. Come to think of it, I tweet too. Do you? Great. Here's what I want you to do. Go on your Twitter account or open the app and search for auth underscore gen underscore person. Then search for at Life Tips Podcast. Those are the two accounts that you can follow where... I will be primarily when this show is not in session, so you can interact with me on a daily basis, hear my thoughts, ask questions, etc., etc. Now, let's get back to the episode. What I was going to get to next before we go into talking about your podcast, just um, yeah, he, he said that the, Christ, the 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 Christian population is next, and um, not what now. I, what I'm curious about is you said if Trump doesn't get reelected, we're pretty much heading for you know the most the the worst of the worst in terms of lawless society and you know christians being you know in greater persecution than they are now and so is that a direct is that a direct thing towards joe biden I'm just curious yeah, was, how do you, how do you feel about how do you feel about joe biden i'm I'm just curious
1: well, so I mean that boy, there's another long conversation right Condense uh, but, it. so that the the uh the short answer i guess is that i mean it seems pretty obvious based on his interviews that you know you know God bless him i I hope the Lord will help him, but he seems to be at the early stages of dementia. Uh, because he, he can't carry on uh, oh, wait a, a credible conversation for very long, right? And I, they've done a pretty good job of trying to mitigate that for him by having a teleprompter um, with the answers to the questions he's being asked so that all he has to do is read, you know? Um wow. Oh, wow. And, and if they real if they elect him, let's face it, he's not going to be one- the one running the country. Uh, the extreme liberal left will be running the country. People like AOC and and uh, Pelosi. Um, you know he's being pushed to pick a black woman as his VP, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that—that that she's a woman or black. But the fact that they're they're making it the 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 agenda or the point, you know, it shouldn't be that you pick a black woman because she's a black woman. You should be picking her because she can lead our country
0: right. effectively mm-hmm.
1: um, and do the job well. And absolutely, a black woman could do that. Um, you know, the right person can do that regardless of their skin color or their gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, But the fact that they're making it their, you know, their point that he has to do that is so that he'll get elected, you know, so that they can pull the woman's vote and the black woman's vote and the black person's vote. You know, that's all that's about, Um, you know, and I personally think that uh, from my perspective, there's plenty of uh, black people who are insulted by that, you know, Mm. that, you know, somehow. They don't have the ability to think for themselves. That you know, they they're only capable of saying, "Oh well, she's black," um, so of course we're going to vote for Joe because you know, no, they're not that stupid. Uh, I, I I imagine that many uh, black people are insulted by what's going on there, but there's also many people who are brainwashed uh, from you know, our our colleges are teaching the young people uh, that capitalism is evil and that every white person is a racist. I mean, it is working. It is being effective or you wouldn't have these people out there saying those things Uh, because they're not saying it as a talking point. They believe it. You can see they believe it. Mm. They're earnest Mm. in what they're saying. And and you can't necessarily dock them for it because it's right to care about other human beings. Mm-hmm. It's it's important that we stand up for people who are being oppressed. It's just unfortunate that they've been allowed to be blinded uh, by lies and untruth. Um, and, and so that's where we're at. Yeah, Joe Biden is the worst thing that can happen to us, not because Joe's a bad guy, necessarily. I mean, he's been in office forever, and none of these things have been brought about. You could argue the fact that the guy can't do it. He's already had his chance. How many, how many decades do you have to be in office before we decide, okay, you can't make it happen? Um, but, you know, that's not what we're talking about. Our world is controlled by social media and uh, the mainstream media. And it's, it's effective, it's working, and, um, you know, so that's where we're at. They want Joe Biden to be real, uh, elected as president so that they can bring about that, that extreme left agenda. Um, and that's what'll happen if we have a Senate that is all Democratic, you know, and not just Democratic, but the extreme left Democratic. Um, and a, a House that's all extreme-left democratic, and then a president who himself may really be more central, uh, but unfortunately dementia has taken over, so somebody else is really running it, then how else can it but become a one-party government with an anti-constitutional agenda where our individual rights as human beings are taken away where you know christians uh can be vilified you know and that the right to bear arms can be taken away Mm -hmm. and really freedom of speech has been taken away from us because the conservative voice has been uh silenced by the mainstream media
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you
1: know so yeah, I kind of got. I guess
0: mm-hmm. I kind of went off the path there a little no, bit. No, that that leads into uh, the armed citizen perfectly. That leads into talking about your podcast perfectly because you do talk about upholding and defending the constitution on your show. So that leads in perfectly. Go ahead and tell us about the podcast and you know you we, you told us where you got the name from all those years ago on that TV show. And so what are you, what are you talking about now nowadays, nowadays on your show?
1: You know, it's really been kind of a, uh, a growing thing for me as well because what's difficult is getting people to respond. When I had my TV show, I had a live camera. There was a 30-second delay so that we could, you know, bleep someone if they said something uh, offensive because uh, back then, if you did, man, you got like a $30,000 fine from the, uh, uh, from the, uh, the network. Yeah, yeah, the network. Uh, the, uh, can't think of the the initials for it. The mm-hmm. FCC. Okay. Um, but uh, otherwise, it was live, and so I had this live camera and a phone number at the bottom of the screen, and I would I would interact. People would call in, and they would say what they had to say, and you know, sometimes they agreed with me, but sometimes uh, they didn't, and we could have that back and forth dialogue, and that was that made it easy to kind of have those conversations on the TV. Mm -hmm. But in podcasting, what I'm learning is it's very rare that you actually get people to comment um, to you. And that's been a struggle for me. It's hard for me to uh, comment or have a dialogue when I'm the only one. It's a monologue, not a dialogue. Um, And that's difficult for me. And so I've been frustrated by that. Um, because I don't want to just be an echo chamber. You know, I want to have a dialogue. If you, if you don't agree with me, I want to hear about it. I want to have, I want to have an intellectual conversation and, and discuss it, because I may learn something from you. Uh, even though we may not see eye to eye, I may learn something, and, and my mind will be expanded. Uh, or maybe you'll learn something from me. And so I don't get that feedback, which has been tough. Uh, my last episode, really, I kind of just said, you know, one of the things I thought about uh, was, what is the red line? Uh, you know, at what point do you say, okay, uh, I'm ready to take arms uh, against a system that is uh, un- uh, anti-constitutional, and they're violating my rights to freedom of speech, to freedom of religion, and my right to bear arms? And I used to imagine it would be this thing where, you know, the government comes to your house to take your guns from you. And so then you are going to fight the government, right, from my cold, dead hands. You hear people say it all the time. they can going to have my gun when they take it from my cold, dead hands. You know, and those same people won't pick up a pen and vote. So I have no respect for them. You know, they, will, they will say that they're willing to kill someone to protect their right to own a gun, but they won't take the time to vote. I mean, wrong. You know, you're wrong. You got that wrong. Uh, The first thing you should be doing is voting, number one. Uh, Participating in the system of government that gives you that right to have a gun and Mm -hmm. and, uh, go to church. Uh, But, uh, so anyway, you know, I just said, what's your red line? You know, what for you? What's the reality? Because the reality is they're not going to come door to door to take our guns. Really what they're using is the monetary system to control us. Um, you know, all right, well, if you don't turn in your gun, you know, it's kind of like with the COVID thing, right? If you open your barber shop when you're not supposed to, what do they do? They take your license from you. So then how are you going to survive? They attack you monetarily. Your, your life, uh, the way you survive is going to be taken from you. Uh, they will find you. You know, maybe they'll take your house. You know, they, they'll just go to the courthouse, sign the title of your house over to the government, and, uh, you know, because you didn't turn in your gun. Um, so I, I, it's not, it's not going to be how we imagine. It's not going to be how I imagined it, I don't think. You know, it took me 20 years for that light to go on. Um, you know, so really, you know, what's that red line? You know, how are you going to, if... Our government becomes a fully liberal government that does not recognize your right to practice your religion, doesn't recognize your right to own a gun, uh, doesn't recognize your right to freedom of speech, which is what we're saying. If you say anything that does not match the liberal agenda in our mainstream media, you are attacked.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Canceled mm-hmm cancel culture? Yeah, cancel
1: culture they want to pretend like it didn't exist um you know yeah racism existed and still exists because we're human beings uh you know in my lifetime i've only met a couple of people that were actually racist mm. you know i just look at them and i'm like how could you think that way you know it's just it boggles my mind that a person can think that way but they do they do exist um, but they exist all around. You know, you you will find an Asian person who hates black people, uh, or hates white people. You'll find a black person that might hate Asians or hate whites. You'll find Hispanics who hate another race. But they're few and far between. You know, most of us have common sense and most of us recognize that we're all just human beings and we're you know we're trying to navigate this world the best we can and our system of government is supposed to allow that to happen uh, and has for quite a long time it's been a, a very painful growing process for many in our country uh, but we're finally there and now that we're there we're tearing it apart you know it just it makes no sense to me uh... that People are advocating for socialism, and
0: uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Going back to the computer? Nope, nope, nope. We're we're live. We're live. We're just going to finish this out. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, the connection went out. Had a random loss of Wi-Fi. And uh, it's just been one of those days where you try to record a podcast episode with a guest and endless issues come up to, you know, stop you from from doing that. But we're going to finish this up as best as we possibly, as best as we possibly can. And so uh, I believe, Will, you were finishing off with talking about uh how it's not a, really a good idea for uh for Joe Biden to become president because you you think you mentioned uh Pelosi and uh Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez that we'd have to uh contend with at that point Uh, the, the democratic house, the democratic Senate, that's kind of where you were when we lost connection. Yeah. So
1: basically I just, I'm trying to hopefully, uh, with my podcast, just, uh, start the dialogue, which unfortunately, like I said, it's hard to get people to, uh, comment and have that back and forth. Uh, so really I think I'm just trying to educate people to the reality, um, the importance of our Constitution, the importance of our capitalist system. Uh, It's not a perfect system, and there never will be a perfect system, uh, but it's as close to perfect as we're ever going to get until the Lord's in control, and it's His system that we're following. Um, So that's really what I'm trying to do, is just uh, open people's eyes to the reality that there isn't a better system out there. This is the best we've got, and and if we let it go... Um, then the the life that we're living and, and enjoying today, uh, even with its faults, is going to go away, and it's just going to get far worse. And uh, I think if Joe Biden is elected, we'll be on the fast track to that, and uh, we pretty much can kiss our, our uh, country and our system of government goodbye.
0: Wow, man. So... Uh y'all heard it here first this was quite the political episode I warned you so um, yeah man where can everybody find you on socials before we go well I'm on anchor uh,
1: and I guess Spotify and a couple others I haven't, I haven't taken the time to share my RSS with uh, other uh, places which I should do um, and I will But right now, basically, Anchor and Spotify, I think Google, uh, you can find me there. And then I'm not on Twitter. Uh, I am on Facebook, but I haven't created an Armed Citizen Facebook page, which uh, maybe I should do. Uh, As someone who seems to be more uh, tuned into this, uh, would you think I should do that? A Facebook page, the Armed Citizen?
0: That would definitely be beneficial for everyone to be able to better find you and, you know, follow you, follow along with what's going on with your show, you can post updates, you can talk about, you know, all things, politics, etc etc and the best part is you don't even have to leave your main page because you can attach it to your current Facebook page that exists, and that way, you know, you're getting personal with people, but you're not getting personal personal with people, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I'll do that. I've I've been resistant to it, but uh, I guess if I'm going to uh, get my voice out there, I I need to be a little more uh, open about it. So, yeah, maybe you'll be able to see me on Facebook soon and find me under The Armed Citizen. Uh, I've been told you can Google The Armed Citizen and my podcast will come up, so I suppose you can find me that way. Uh, But hopefully on the other uh, places like I said Spotify Google and Anchor you can find my podcast there but I'd really love to have a back and forth dialogue with people I'd like to hear from uh, everyone else I don't just want to be in an echo chamber that doesn't interest me at all
0: well, Will you've been such a good help such a blessing such Knowledge about politics and conservative 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 thought that i've even learned some things along the way about you know continuing on in my journey of being a christian conservative in this nation so but we appreciate you for coming on board sharing the many life tips and the advice uh look forward to doing it again
1: yeah well you're a great host uh nate and uh you know, thank
0: you for having me on. All right, everybody. That's it for episode eight. Of course, you can find the podcast on Twitter, Life Tips Podcast. Tweet me and DM me there. You can follow me on my own Twitter, Alf underscore Jen underscore person. And of course, don't forget to listen to past episodes online at www.anchor.fm backslash Life Tips. I will see you all in episode nine. Peace.